G'day everyone, it's Millie here from the Livestock Collective back with another episode on the Livestock Leaders podcast. We have been on a short break but we're now up and rolling and and please make sure that if you do enjoy this episode, go back and listen to all of our previous episodes and make sure that you're following us and leave a review. Today, I am fortunate enough to be speaking to none other than Elle Boyle. Elle is a powerhouse woman and I had the privilege of having her attend the Livestock Leaders Workshop in Bendigo earlier this year. Elle, how are you today? Hey Mill, I am very good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Probably a little bit better than you since I'm not in lockdown, but I'm glad (laughs) that we can fill in some of your time for coming on. Yeah, yeah, no lockdown. Number seven. Oh, number seven. Well, hopefully we at least don't have any more, but we never know, do we? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We start each episode with the same question, and that is, what are three words that you would use to describe yourself with? Um, I suppose um, I'm a very optimistic person, uh, practical and pretty independent. Well, Elle, I would actually use those three words to describe myself. Maybe we're even more similar than what we think. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so funny. So, so funny. Um, so, Elle, tell me about yourself. You're in Victoria. You're a vet. You're a sheep producer. Tell me about your background. Yeah. So, um, my background is I'm a vet. Um, so, I started uh, studying vet science straight out of school. Um, so I was at school in Adelaide um, in boarding school and I went straight to uh, vet school in, in at Wagga at CSU where I studied uh, there for five and a half years. Um, while I was at vet school, I was really keen on large animals um, and did my sort of training heading towards uh, equine surgery and medicine. So I did externships um, sort of focusing on that area uh, in the US and Dubai thinking I was really keen to get into that sort of side of vet work. Um, And then I worked in country mixed practice um, in South Australia and Queensland. Um, So I did a bit of everything in those, um, but mostly horses and cattle really. And now for the last five years, I've been working in for the state government as a large animal vet. Um, And that sort of involves um, it's more of a paper-based role rather than um, hands-on, um, but it's really good. Uh, and it sort of is emergency animal disease, uh, animal welfare, um, livestock traceability, that sort of thing. Um, it's quite varied. Um, and what have I done? Oh, recently I've just completed my uh, memberships in sheep medicine through the Australian and New Zealand College of Veterinary Scientists. So that's the latest um, further education I've done, which sort of gives me some extra credentials in uh, sheep veterinary medicine. So that's um, what I've been doing with my vet side of things. And in terms of farming, I um, am owner operator of a sheep and beef farm. I bought that uh, about at the end of 2017. So I've had that for a few years now and um, it was a bit of a rundown farm and I've spent the first couple of years doing it up and now it just sort of ticks along and I run um, a flock of about 1,100 composite ewes turning off prime lambs, which is sold domestically and to export markets. And they also have about uh, 30 Angus um, stud females. So I just breed the breed those. So that's about it. About it. It sounds like there's <laughs> a lot on your plate. Um, and congratulations on that further study. Is that the one where you go through 
like a couple of years and you have that big test at the end? Yeah, so it was about 18 months study. Uh, and then I've just, uh, in June, I completed my uh, exams, which was oral and written exams. Um, so yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of study, but um, it's, yeah, it's a really good um, to have that over with. <laughs> Yeah, I bet such a relief when you finish studying and um, have a big achievement like that. So well done. I was actually chatting to one of my friends uh, who studied vet in Wagga Wagga as well on the weekend. And she said that they were probably the six wildest years of her life. What was it like <laughs> for you? Yeah, I loved Wagga. It was like such a great town to go to uni and study in, um, being like a country girl. It's got a really good atmosphere about it. Um, the campus life is great and you sort of, especially vet, like you're with the same people every day, all day for six years. So you make some really great friends and um, it's like a, it's like just a big family really if you're, um, you're at Wagga. So no, I loved it too. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I can imagine like over a thousand people studying um, together on campus. I can imagine that it would have been a very fun time. <laughs> it certainly was. <laughs> um, and Awesome, like buying that property at the, what did you say, the end of 2017? Has that been yeah. a challenge for you? Yeah, um, so I had only moved home. So I had just started my um, new veterinary role within that year. Um, and I, yeah, moved home and I was sort of, I certainly wasn't, didn't have my heart set on farming, but um, I, this opportunity came up, which was, it's all, it was almost a neighboring property to where my parents were, um, only five k's down the road. And it was just a really good opportunity. And so I um, really just jumped headfirst in um, and it was, yeah, big challenges. I mean, it, it was quite a rundown farm and I was still, I, you know, I, I was working and still am working full time as a vet. So you know, all my work and improvements in, on the farm would have to be all done after work and on weekends. Um, and a lot of the time, I didn't know what I was doing, especially at the start, you know, I couldn't strain a fence or, or plumb a trough. Um, so I'd have to be on YouTube. And if YouTube didn't get me the answer, I'd call dad and then dad would <laughs> come down for, for a minute and he'd show me how to tie a knot in the in the fence and I'd film him doing it and then he'd leave <laughs> and I had I'd keep referring to that video for the next six months until I uh, had perfected it <laughs> but um yeah I mean it was the biggest learning curve and I think that it was really valuable um I learned a lot of skills and certainly have become quite resilient uh through the trials of of learning to farm Oh my God, that is just such an incredible story. I didn't even realise and how special that it was, oh, it is so close to where your parents were. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, it's actually one of the main things I think that has helped me farm. Um, it's, uh, you know, as you can imagine, like buying a farm and, and the livestock and running it at, by yourself after work and things like it's really difficult. And so, and, and financially, it's quite difficult to make it all work. And so, one of the key things is having my parents as mentors, but then also being able to steal a tractor when I need to go spraying or whatever, like those big um, ticket items that are really expensive. Uh, if I do have the ability to borrow those, you know, why I'm starting out instead of having to buy them straight up, like that has been a huge help. So yeah, um, I can imagine. yeah it, it has good been good. Good on you. 
That's that's so great. It sounds like you've got a great support network around you. Um, and you're also expecting a baby. Yes, only a couple of weeks away now. <laughs> oh, my God, how exciting. Yeah, so we're... I've hopefully wind up a few jobs before it arrives, but I'm still working full time and uh, we've just finished lamb marking the first round of lambs and things. So um, still quite busy. <laughs> and then obviously spring is busy for everyone down in this part of the world. So, so um, yes, it's going to be an exciting end to the year. Absolutely. That's so exciting. You are, I introduce you in my introduction as a powerhouse woman and you can definitely confirm that now. <laughs> um, not that we didn't know that already. Uh, how is the season looking there for you? Um, it's been good. Uh, we've had uh, wetter than average uh, winter. So July was really wet, um, which for this part of the world, uh, so in the Western District, I'm in Hamilton, we often prefer a drier winter because it just gets so wet and cold here. And we sort of have a winter feed gap where we don't have any grass growing from mid-June till now, really. So mid-August. Um, so it can be quite, it's very tight in terms of feed over the winter. So, um, but that has, that is hopefully going to set us up for a really good spring. We've got, um, yeah, great soil moisture, saturated really. So, I mean, it is going to set us up for a good spring and hopefully a good summer. And I think the forecast looks like it's going to be wet. So um, that's all positive. Really positive. Oh, that's so great to hear. Um, I'm originally a Western District skill myself, um, <laughs> much closer to the border in Apsley, but so great to hear that uh, it's all going well. I think we can all use some good news in our life right now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move on to the Livestock Leaders Program, Alice. You became a livestock leader early this year um, and you are really good at sharing your life on the land, on social media. Can you tell us a little bit more about your advocacy and why sharing those key messages is important to you? Yeah, um, so I suppose uh, I was introduced to the sort of advocacy or just sort of sharing what I do through a few um, different programs I've been involved with over the last two years. Um, uh, with the Xander McDonald Award and the Cattle Council and Livestock Leaders and things like that. Um, and so I suppose, like, I, I don't play a major role, but I just have an Instagram page for my farm, which I just enjoy sort of sharing what I do every day um, and the things that I, you know, I love to do. And um, the farm is just, you know, in my eyes, very beautiful and every, you know, all the animals are gorgeous. So I find it, like, really easy to just want to share what I'm doing. Um, and I suppose... Um, it is like a great way to connect with other like-minded people, but also like those who aren't in the industry love to see a picture of a cute animal. Um, and yeah, I suppose it's just like a daily, <laughs> daily look at what farming can be like, you know, the good and the bad, but, um, yeah. Um, and I suppose the key messages, um, I suppose I don't, I suppose I just I'm really just about using the platform for like transparency of like everyday farming. Um, I sort of like share the highs and the lows or what is happening with, you know, highs and lows is usually weather related for us um, on the farm. So um, anything like that and, and, you know, give real time data around what I'm doing, whether it's like pregnancy scanning or growth rates or structure around decision making. Um, I suppose I just like being transparent with all of that and then hoping I get that reflected back in what I see as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really important as well. Like it isn't all rainbows and, and butterflies on the farm and sharing that to know that the, the struggles that we go through to feed and clothe the world is so great. Um, Elle, you better give our audience a shameless plug. What is your Instagram handle? <laughs> um, it's Elsie Park Farm, which is, uh, yeah, just the name of my property. So Elsie Park, E with a Y at the end. So Beautiful. Thank you for that. Make sure everyone listening today is uh, following Elle. Elle, my next question is, why do you think the industry needs to advocate? Like, why are you doing this? Um, I suppose the industry needs to advocate to, yeah, like I said, continue to show transparency. Um, this needs to be done f- for like both our, within our industry and for our consumers. Um, so f- for farmers really to strive for better production or, or animal welfare standards, they need to see the benchmarks around them or for the consumers to have confidence that the food that they're buying is you know, um, ethnically sourced and they need to see where that comes from. Um, and I think that I've certainly seen that a lot through livestock leaders um, and the things that you guys are doing. Uh, and it's quite inspiring. Like your, your um, approaches can be a lot more controversial with the live export. And I think you guys are doing a really great job of that. And it, it helps um, others to, you know, to, to put themselves out there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you, Elle. I think the transparency was certainly a big part of the initial uh, sheep collective project. Like we opened up the wharf so people could actually go on board vessels and see the sheep being loaded. And I think that was just an absolute eye opener, not even for people that weren't connected to agriculture, but like the farmers as well to see where the sheep actually end up. So transparency is certainly a very big value of ours. And I'm so glad that you share that value as well. Um, Elle, you've also been a part of something called the Open Gate Conversations. Can you tell us about this initiative? And it might be on hold, I guess, because of COVID, but are you able to give us an update? Yeah, so that's through the Victorian um, Farmers Association, Victorian BFF, sorry, (laughs) through the BFF, (laughs) out of mind blank. Um, And I think it's just an initiative that they're doing to try and encourage um, industry people, so farmers um, of all different sectors, to talk about their story. Um, So they are going around and... um, asking farmers to do a short video and they'll chat about what they're what they're doing and they also um pose questions to farmers from the public which um the public might ask about any range of things um from welfare to everyday activities on the farm and they'll have a real farmer reply to that and that's um on the website so it's yeah again just a big transparency sort of (laughs) thing where they can just get um try try and connect that consumer um, and the farmer, um, you know, directly, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. It is a really great initiative and I encourage everyone to check it out. Um, I think it's only an eight-week campaign or something like that, but it has some really great content on there and I love the fact that you can type in a question as a member of the public and actually have an answer by a farmer. I think that's a really great um, way to gauge what the people actually want to know about us. When you... Um, if you could connect like with one person who doesn't have a connection to agriculture whatsoever, what is one thing that they, that you would want them to take away from that conversation? Um, oh, so many things. <laughs> I suppose um, I would just like, like want, want them to know, you know, the Australian 
agricultural industry is booming. You know, we are so progressive, we're so innovative and so excited about the future. Um, I think that, you know, we would welcome all of those who are interested in being a part of it and encourage them to reach out um, and, and yeah, have, have a look at what we're doing. Absolutely. What a great key message. And I love how optimistic you are. Was there ever a stage in your journey where you weren't so optimistic? Was there ever where you did a, an absolute farm fail or something where <laughs> you were like, oh, God, what am I doing here? Or you've always been optimistic? Oh, no, that happens all the time. <laughs> no, I think at the start, you know, you can have a lot a bit of a crisis of confidence if something goes wrong. Um, but I think to learn to become resilient and also the bigger picture. Um, you can't get caught up in small mistakes or or things that set you back, um, you know, temporarily. I think that that's always going to happen and uh, you sort of learn to deal with that. And, and yeah, I think I always try to be optimistic because that's um, it's, it's the only way, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Elle, I think you are the absolute definition of resilient and practical. Um, so glad you said those words in the introduction because your whole key messages that you've displayed through this episode have just confirmed that. So well done on doing a fantastic job. And I really want to wish you all the best for your baby. I can't wait to see pictures. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Life on the farm uh, for her growing up or her, him or her, sorry, will be yeah, just amazing. I can't, yeah, I can't thank my parents enough personally for having a country upbringing. Are you excited to do that with your family? Yeah, I think definitely I'm biased, but it is the best upbringing being brought up on the land. So I'm excited to do that with my first baby. Yes. Oh, well, congratulations and good luck and best wishes with everything. I'm so excited for you and I just can't wait to see all the pictures. Thanks so much, Millie. Well, thank you, Elle, for coming on board today. I think you've had a fantastic episode that really shows the true uh, resilience and how women in agriculture can be on the land and be working full time even when they're two weeks before due date to have a baby. So, wow, what a story. Um, I hope the audience has enjoyed as well. And please make sure that you are following us and Elle on all of our social media. And we look forward to connecting again soon. Music.